the champ is here. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. Tired. Yeah. Tired? <laughs> Tired and sore. Yeah, tired after winning. <laughs> it's exhausting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I've been I've been really training hard for this comp this judo competition. Yeah. Because like, I haven't competed in four years, because of course the pandemic, there was no competing back then. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh and a year before the pandemic I was I was practicing for uh, my black belt exam. Okay. So I was not competing because I didn't want to get injured and then oh. not be able to do the exam. Sure. Because uh, yeah, the black belt exam is insane. It's like it's like I easily practiced for six months, like special classes to like to to learn all the throws and mm. and you have to do a kata. So it's like it's such an ordeal. You really have to just do that. Right. So so yeah, so I didn't compete that one year before the pandemic. So this was four years. So I had to get back into shape. <laughs> mm. And uh, yeah, it went well. I was, yeah, better better performance than last time. Great. Uh, so I finished with silver. I lost to the same guy that I lost to four years ago. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I know. But now I know his tricks. I'm ready yeah. for the provincials. Cool. But yeah, it's great. I, I love competing. It's it's so great. Um and and judo is like is a combat sport that has so much respect. Like I love that. Know, like I've seen like some BJJ, like they actually like trash talk themselves, right? Like a bit like the UFC. Like mm. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like judo is so much more respectful. Like everyone's I mean, is dare to test their skills and mm. you need a partner to do it right so it's like yeah. it's it's a symbiotic relationship it's like totally i i need you to be here so that i can practice my sport and i'm glad that you showed up because otherwise mm. I, I would have no one to fight <laughs> yeah i totally agree i i think that's one of the things that draws me to ultimate frisbee like it's really it's it's about getting together and having fun and yeah, it's, it's competitive, but yeah, just like you say, like you can't play with yourself. You yeah. need other, you need another team to compete against. Um, and I really, I really like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. No, I've, I mean, I love the, yeah, I love the attitude and the competitions are really well run. This one takes place at the Olympic park. So oh, like, cool. Right. You come out of the Metro and you see the Olympic stadium and you like can almost sense the ghosts of the 76 <laughs> games. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty epic yeah exactly you know and uh, so I, I don't know what they used to have in the in the building where the actual competition takes place um i mean it's a it's a gymnasium so like there were four fighting services and this a great stadium so lots of people sitting in, a, in the audience that was great cool. was lots of fun that's awesome did it take place just over one day yeah it, i mean yeah my fight it takes place over two days but all my fights were on the same day. Okay. Right. But I did have to go there the day before for the weigh-in. Mm. So it, that, that that's kind of annoying. <laughs> you know, like, you know, doing that whole trek just, you know, for like a five-minute weigh-in. It's like, yeah. oh, come on. Can't mm. we just do it the day of? Anyways. Did you do a cut or anything like that? Did you need to cut weight? Um, Very, very little. Like, I just, I just didn't eat that day. And yeah, that's all I had to do to... To lose one kilo. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Well, congrats. I I always knew you had it in you. I was, I was betting <laughs> on you from the beginning. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so provincials, provincials are next. When does that happen? Uh, end of March. 
end of March. Okay. Yeah. Got some time. So yeah, got got plenty of time, but now I booked a vacation in the sun for February since there's <laughs> there's no competitions, so I can I can take a break. Nice. It's just the wife and I, no kids. It's gonna be mm. it's gonna be nice. It's been I mean, for our twentieth anniversary we did like a little weekend getaway, but sure. This is the you know the first time that really we're gone for ten days, just the two of us. It's gonna be great. That's cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. also hoping to go south, but we're coordinating with our friends, so we'll we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I know that's cool going with friends. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, they're great travelers. Like they they really match our energy level ever, energy level well. Uh, so we maybe we'll do one big excursion, but other than that, it's you know they like to eat when we eat, they like to drink when we drink, and they like to perfect. hang out on the beach. So it's <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's it. So how's Power Importer? It's yeah, it's going well. I I was before before the holidays. I was working on this new performance tweak. Okay, uh, but you know, like I didn't want to deploy it before, like before leaving for the holidays, and yeah. so so I had to get back into it when after the holidays, and and it's a, it's a pretty big change to how the the syncing is done. So okay. I was a little scared that um, that there might be some bugs in it. Like I, it's, it was well tested, but I, I don't know about you, but like when I take a break, like I just, it takes me forever to get back into the code and to mm-hmm. understand how it works. And yep. so it took, it took forever to get back into it and then finish the code, finish the testing. And then I, I still wasn't a hundred percent sure if it would work. So I put a feature flag on it so that I could upgrade people individually. Right. So I, I started deploying it a bit before the competition, but I didn't want to do too much because I didn't want to have a fire to extinguish, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, so far it's it's been going great. Everyone I've switched over to it, um, the syncs are super fast. They're taking a fraction of the time they used to. Uh, my server is is very happy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's definitely definitely working. So my goal is to, to deploy to everyone this week. Okay. So yeah, so that was like that was a big win. So I decided to reward myself. I said, "All right, you can you can hack on anything you want, right? Oh. Just take a little take a little vacation from <laughs> just just hack on anything." So I had this idea for a Chrome extension for Twitter. Okay. So I was like, "Okay, like I I use I use TweetDeck on my computer to to um to to surf Twitter." Okay. So I I, I really like TweetDeck. It's free. It's part of Twitter. Um, oh, you it's can add these columns. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They bought they bought the app uh, years ago. Okay. So it's just it's just part of Twitter now, and so you can have these columns that you customize, and uh, it's great. But unfortunately, there's nothing for the phone. So right. So on the phone, I'm still using the native app, and and now with all the <laughs> all the shit that disturbed, like it seems like that's the only solution now is the native app. They shut down all the other third-party apps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's why I was curious about TweetDeck because I was like, oh, did that not get shut down too? But yeah, they bought it, so that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't think it, I don't think it ever was a native app. I think it was always just a, a web app. So, so yeah, so my, my idea was I want, I want to have this dynamic list of people who interact with my tweets. Yeah. So that... Because the reason I'm on Twitter is is really it's not to build an audience, it's not to like sell anything. It's really to make friends. It's like yeah. you know, 
I, I treat it like my water cooler. Like I just want to go there. And so, so I figured, well, the people who are actually interacting with my tweets, like I'm not sure if I'm seeing their tweets because of the algorithm, right? Yeah, totally. So I was like, it, I, if I had a browser extension that could just, whenever I go look at the notifications, it just scrapes it all and creates a list with anyone who's interacted with me in the past 30 days. Okay. And then on the native app on the phone, you, you can pin those lists, right? So so then I could easily just go on that pinned pinned list and just, you know, see my friends basically. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, makes perfect sense. And I thought it'd be cool that it's dynamic. So yeah, if if then you know someone interacts with me, they appear on my feed. So then but then if what they post doesn't interest me and we'd never interact again, well three days later they, they just get pruned off the list and Yeah. So I thought it was a great idea. But of course this was just just a hack. Like I don't even know how to monetize this. Um, yeah, it was really just. I've done a Chrome extension years ago, so it was an idea of oh, let's just jump back into it and uh, play around with the Twitter API also. Right. So the Chrome extension went great. Like that. Um, I'm like uh, I don't I don't know if you know about Chrome. They they have um, like this standard, right? It was called like Manifest Three, uh, Manifest yeah. Two. Right now they're yeah. forcing everyone to move over to Manifest Three, okay, which has a lot less permissions. Less permissions in that there's less to request, or just less granular. Yeah, like well, some things that like ad blockers use, like you can't really use anymore. Like, like I think intercepting requests and uh, just blocking them. And anyways, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly, but. You're quite limited with what you can do now, sure. and I, at first, I tried to scrape the notifications page, but it's it's just such a mess because all the classes are dynamic and uh, yeah. So instead, what I was doing is I was looking at the network the mm -hmm. network uh, panel, and I was looking at what are the requests that are passing by. Sure. And I thought I could then call them myself, but it's way too complicated. Um, the requests like have all these variables that are being passed and I don't know where they're getting these variables. Right. And so my idea was, well, I'm just going to intercept the Ajax calls yeah. and just, and just say, scrape that data whenever yeah. they, whenever they call the API, I'll just, so there's not, there's no way you can do that with the Chrome extension APIs. Oh, okay. But what I did is I, I did a content script that overrides the XML, like XML request. Basically, the this, the request object that um, that Twitter uses to call their API. Right. They don't use fetch. They use the the original. I'm just blanking on the name now. XML HTTP request. Okay. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like the the old the original way of doing AJAX calls. Sure. So I just override the object with my own object that that logs it and then and then passes on the real request to. Oh, I see. Yeah, because they're invoking a function, but you've monkey patched that function or something, and now you've yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> like yeah, so the, you know, there's this object on the window object, right? Which is XML HTTP request, uh, and that's what they use to do their AJAX calls. Okay. So my, you know, you can define a content script that gets mm -hmm. included in the DOM, and I do it before the dom is like ready right so then my content script basically renames the xml http request to like mm -hmm. old yeah <laughs> and puts mine that yeah. logs you know intercepts the the request but then 
calls the old one too. Right. So that actually goes through. Right. And then you just log the response and then pass it back. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I, I do a callback to my, uh, to my Chrome extension. And then that's where the code is that will actually build the list and detect who's new, who should be removed. Got it. Uh, how yeah. do you load the content script? Is that just, can you do that via the Chrome extension or is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my man. That's all, part of, <laughs> that's all part of the Chrome extension APIs. Right? Hell you yeah. A, you a background script and you have a content script that gets injected in the page. Got it. Like that, that, that works well, that stuff. So yeah, oh. but the, yeah, the monkey patching was fun. <laughs> when I got it to work, I was, oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> so Sweet. I can intercept all the requests. Nice. Yeah. So that was working. But then, so then I intercepted all and I tried to get, to get a Twitter, like a JavaScript Twitter API client inside the Chrome extension. Right. Uh, but then, uh, that was a mess. Like, you know, then, then you got to use something like Webpack to like, to pack it up. And none of the clients I, I found were working. Anyway, it was just a mess. In the end, I decided, all right, I'm going to need to have like a serverless function somewhere. And I'm just going to pass on that job to the serverless function. Right. So, and that I wrote in Ruby because that's what I'm the most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's when, the shit hit the fan. Like their <laughs> API is just crap. Like okay, you the documentation says yeah yeah you can you can create lists and add members to it and remove members and and when you look at the rate limit, it they don't tell you what the rate limit is for the posting to those endpoints. Okay, but the but the get the the get endpoint was was fine. Like it was more than I more than I needed. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't need to do that many requests to update the list. Like it doesn't have to be real time, right? I can update it once a day. That's fine. Yeah, that's true. But uh, no, the, even that wasn't working. Mm. Like after testing the script like three times, four times, like my, my account was blocked. What the hell? Yeah. Like those endpoints were no longer working and they were like silently because of the client I was using, they were silently failing. So then I had to do the calls myself to see what the response was. And it's some cryptic message that's undocumented. And it's not like a rate limit error. It's some non-documented error looking in forums and people are saying, oh yeah, yeah. Every single account has its own restrictions of how many list manipulations it can do. And it's not documented. And the only way to discover it is when it fails. <laughs> then you know that. And even when I was looking at TweetDeck, like I'd open up the developer tool and mm -hmm. I could see the requests, even those requests were failing if I was trying to manipulate lists in TweetDeck. Oh, wow. So it's like, it was just my account was blocked from manipulating lists. It's like, come on. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to hack Twitter here. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to create a list. Like, and, and, and this is not like... You know, I'm not like spamming people. Like mm. this is a private list. They're not even going to be notified they were added to a list. Like, mm. right. Mm. This is just for my, my personal consumption of Twitter. Like I just want to improve the user experience for myself. God damn. Weird. So, yeah. So talk about platform risk. That's, uh, <laughs> I do not want to play with the Twitter API. Okay. And seeing what they've been doing recently, like shutting down all the third party clients. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be running a business on Twitter right now. Yeah, same. Yeah, when I saw all of the uh all of the shutdowns, all the third-party client shutdowns, 
I was thinking, you know, I feel like in the last two years, especially I've been hearing about so many businesses on Twitter, like black magic and other things. Yeah, I just exactly. think like how long until they come until Twitter comes for them too. They gotta right. be, they gotta be shaking in their boots. I would be. Yeah. I mean, I remember in the early 2010s, they, they had did they had done a big crackdown on developer tools and, mm. and yeah, there's quite a few people that had built businesses on top of Twitter that had to shut down their product or, or like pivot to another social network instead. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in the beginning, Twitter was like, everybody build clients then everybody built clients and then Twitter said, everybody stop building clients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, in, in comparison, right? Like when I built Power Importer, like it was so easy. Like the documentation is not perfect, but it was like 95% accurate and it worked and mm. I didn't have to ask anyone permission. I didn't have to like get a developer token or anything like that. It was yeah. just like the customer can generate an API token, just give it to me and then I can use it to like manage their site for them. It was like, that's, that's how it should be done. If you want, you know, if you want a healthy ecosystem around your platform, like make the API super easy to use. Like, yeah, especially, if, yeah. Because I, I understand, I've done, I, I've done enough of these OAuth flows to understand permissions and grant types and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'm willing to give you that. It does complexify the flow. Uh, definitely. <laughs> But I, I agree with you. I mean, the simpler, the better. The simpler, it, it's like a statement too. You're, the simpler it is, the more open you are for partners. Like yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm willing to have, I'm willing to act more like a platform. I'm willing to take on more partners. The more yeah. weird stuff like this is like, do you really want partners? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure you do. I mean, if I, if I had to ask Webflow for permission to use the API at the very beginning, I don't even know if I would have gone on to build Power Importer, right? Because... Mm. The, you know, at first I was just prototyping something. Can this be done? And and having to ask permission and to ask, them, what are you going to use it for? It's like, I don't know yet. I, I don't know what I can do, right? Like, mm. I need to build my proof of concept to see if I'm able to do this. Is yeah, it? Oh, totally. It's something I've been thinking about lately about, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Webflow, for example, was doing some crackdowns we were talking about a few months ago. And the idea of, you know, as a developer looking for opportunities, if I come across a company and I want to use the product in, in a certain way or the API in a certain way, like there's a good partnership where you both win. And then there are partnerships where you're clearly abusing something <laughs> that the platform doesn't want you to use. And it's like, that's not a great partnership. I mean, it might right. be, maybe, maybe the platform is just very early, but in most cases it's probably not the case. APIs are not that hard to build really. Uh, so unless they've given you an API, you know, careful. Right. Yeah. And I'm seeing some changes, right? Like now with, uh, Airtable, like used to have just API keys that you could mm -hmm. just use and now they're, they've deprecated them and now they want people to go through the OAuth process Okay. in order to get a bearer token. Right. Which also means you have to, you know, sign up as a developer. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're, yeah, I don't know where that's heading, but, uh, I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not that worried about platform risk for Power Importer. Like, sure. I mean, I think our incentives are aligned. Like, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. If anything, from Airtable side, I could see them saying, "Okay, we want to get more granular about the types of permissions that we offer. So we yeah. want our we want the bearer token to represent your your permission grants." Yeah. Um, 
and and that, that yeah. and yeah that makes sense like yeah because because right now it's yeah it's just it's like an account api token yeah like so they all they just want to integrate one base to to power importer but right now the api token gives me access to all their bases yeah <laughs> maybe that's base. not the best i don't know yeah. <laughs> it might depend <laughs> it might depend you like it might make it more secure but you'll lose flexibility as well so i'm yeah. not sure cool so yeah that's uh that's all i've been working on so now no more chrome extension i've given up on that <laughs> it, it was fun mm. uh, and even the chrome extension right i don't even know if if google would allow me to publish this right the mm. fact that i'm i'm built i basically built a man in the middle <laughs> on uh, on ajax calls i, I don't know if that would if that would fly <laughs> it, it is very interesting because like <laughs> i mean it'd be interesting to read their terms of service because like that's again <laughs> speaking about partnerships that's not exactly a good partnership. <laughs> like I'm just going to abuse this thing, <laughs> but it would be very funny to have a toolkit. Like I could, I could, that could be a product, honestly, for people who are building Chrome extensions. And it's like, so the Chrome extension no longer, or Chrome extensions no longer allow you to sniff uh, the network. Cool. Here is a thing that monkey badges all of the, all of the request libraries and uh, allows you to hook into it. Um, yeah. Like, you can just include this as a content script and you'll get access to all the HTTP calls. I don't think Google would be very happy about that, but it could be pretty valuable. I don't, yeah, I don't think they would allow me to publish it. So I I would have to like publish it as an, I packed plugin that you load, like sideload. At least Mm -hmm. you can still sideload plugins right now. So totally. Yeah. But like I said, I wasn't even thinking of monetizing this or. Yeah. Yeah. Just for fun. This was just for me, just a hack. Mm -hmm. And you know, to scratch my own itch, but no, now I, I got that itch done. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now I'm going to be working on the, um, the WordPress plugin that I've been working on. Great. It was almost ready. Again, it was the same problem. Like I need to get back in the code to like read, re-understand how it works and retest it. But yeah. last time I left it, it was pretty much done. Okay. So yeah. So again, same thing. I'm going to work on that release it as a private beta, and then I give myself permission to hack on something else. <laughs> cool. Uh, any idea how much is remaining on it, or do you have a goal for when you want to ship it into beta? Yeah, I was hoping that this week, this okay. week would be done. Wow. Yeah, yeah, like Fantastic. Yeah, so how about you? What have you been working on? Oh, I've got lots to share. <laughs> so, okay. So first of all... Um, Again, keeping with intentions and goals, that's been going great. Uh, Every Sunday, I'm sitting down, I'm looking at all the goals I have set for the year, and I'm breaking up my week according to those goals and things that I want to do. Turns out working backwards is very effective. Highly recommend, (laughs) and I'm going to continue to do that. So that's working great. Okay, so um, the first experiment that I set out to run was for this uh, thing I've talked about before. So... Basically, uh, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but very quickly, um, when you're using a Mac and you're using Finder and you're using Google Drive, uh, you can mount Google Drive uh, and you can scroll through, you can navigate Google Drive uh, through Finder. And because you can do that, you can also put, put things into your favorites bar. I like this folder. I want to save it. So my wife has done this for a long time. So uh, a couple versions ago of Google Drive or maybe a couple versions ago of, of OS X, um, occasionally Google Drive will unmount and it will remove all of your favorites from Finder. 
and it happens like I don't know what triggers the unmount, but it'll unmount and remount right very quickly. And Finder will say, oh, those directories are gone and we'll delete them. So I wrote a script for her a while ago to uh, that repairs this. Basically, like I just have a text file. You drop in some paths in that text file. So whenever your favorites disappear, you run the script and it reloads um, all of the things back, all of the directories back into your Finder. So um, she had told me a while ago, like, oh, you should maybe you should try to sell this, like package it up and sell it. So my first experiment is what I call G Drive Fixer. I bought a real simple domain, gdrivefixer.com, and I said, I'm just going to try to spin up an experiment. I'm going to have a small landing page with some copy, and I'm going to run AdWords, and I'm going to see if I can get some traffic. So last week, my goal was to get an experiment up, running, and run ads and see how they do. So uh, super quickly, um, I used Unicorn Platform, which I've heard of before. Um, I navigated the product. It looked very simple because that's what I wanted in my mind. I just wanted a, maybe a three page funnel. I wanted a landing page with a buy button on it. When you click buy, it takes you to a page that says I'm in the middle of building this, put in your email and I'll let you know when it's done. They put in their email, they click a button and then it takes them to like a success page. You've been subscribed. So I figured, okay, I can measure, you know, I, I, so (laughs) I know basically nothing about Google ads. I've learned a little bit (laughs) since starting the project, but uh, I wanted to, uh, I, I knew that I could measure conversions by knowing if you reached the success page or knowing if you made it to the buy now page. It was a very natural funnel. So I, uh, so I looked at unicorn platform. I said, great, there's enough templates here. And I just used a template. I didn't change the fonts, the colors, nothing. <laughs> so, um, and I reminded me that the best logos are emojis. Emojis are the yes. best logos. <laughs> I agree. Because you can literally just like Google emoji SVG and you can get all the SVGs for everything, make them the size you want and then save them as PNGs or JPEGs or whatever, which is lovely. So, um, so yeah, I created a very small, um, a very small page and uh, I showed it to my wife and she was like, oh, this is great. But she was like, I'd love to know how the product works. Like, you know, you're just, you're just, you're just, it's just some text. So I, (laughs) so I spent uh, probably three or four hours I looked uh, for a tutorial on like how to use Swift and like all the native Mac OS libraries to create a, a bar, like a menu bar item, because this thing would live in your bar uh, as an agent and like keep your, your favorites up to date. So I ripped up a, an example and like commented out a bunch of code and just stuck in some images. So on the main page, I created a little GIF and the GIF is like, Oh, finder before with a sad face. And then I go up and I enable it. And then all the finder things pop up and then it's like smiley face with sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Just kind of demoing like, this is what, this is what happens when you use it. So, um, so that was great. Uh, and unicorn platforms, uh, uh, handled gifts very well. So, uh, I found a good, great gift recorder. Everything worked great. Cool. So, um, I got SSL out of the box. Um, the help articles were really good for integrating with things like a, um, a mail platform, uh, an ESP, uh, so that I can take emails, take registrants, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so that was cool. Uh, and then, just use like mail or light because I've, I've got a gripe. I've got gripes with ESPs. <laughs> I don't know why ESPs do this, but well, I mean, I guess I know why they do it, but so like I've used MailChimp forever. Like when I, when I was running Indie Hackers Montreal, I have an email list for Indie Hackers Montreal 
and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in MailChimp and I think, oh, I great. I want to start a new list and I want to, I want to put all the new entrants onto that list. Yeah. You need to pay what I would call serious dollars, like more than $20 a month for the ability to do that, which just like, I get, I oh, man, I don't get why they do this. They limit you based on the number of audiences, not based on the number of emails. So the problem is that like, I have an expe- I have, I want to start a list, an email list, but it doesn't have any value because it doesn't have anything on it. I just want to be able to put email addresses in there and use their double opt-in flow. So, but I, so uh, yeah, so I couldn't use MailChimp, but they had another integration with MailerLite. I'd never even heard of MailerLite. So I said, fuck it. Like I'll just integrate with them. And, and it's like simple one click everywhere. All their help articles work perfectly. So I'm using MailerLite for this. Um, and I would even pay MailerLite, you know, a couple bucks or something, but they're, they have a, their free plan is totally reasonable. So I'm just using that. Um, so uh, yeah, so I popped it up and I installed Google analytics. God, I hate Google analytics <laughs> so much. Um, I, cause you've talked about this before. I don't know why I didn't, I don't know why I didn't just listen to you, Mark. I don't know <laughs> why I thought, Oh, this'll be easy. This'll be, this'll be so fast. And it'll integrate with Google ads. Oh, it'll, this is, it's just, right. it's just the right to say it was a terrible fucking decision. Google, if you're listening, <laughs> I hope you die. No, like it, it's just like the product is incredibly difficult to understand and there's no easy path through the product. It's like the only people who are successful at Google ads already know how, or excuse me, Google analytics already know how Google analytics works. Yeah. So I spent a ton of time reading through help articles and like, it seems like they just moved from some, they moved to some new name or next generation that's more GDPR in line or compliant or something. So things are help articles are still sending you like across the internet. It's very difficult to get set up. So I set something up. Oh, okay. And I got to throw this out there. The worst part, the worst part about Google analytics is that, um, you get a, you can have a real time view of who's on your website. That's, that's fine. You kind of get that out of the box, but if you want to track an event, like say someone clicks subscribe, that's an event or another event would be you land on a page with a given path param. Like that's an event that I want. It takes 24 hours for that event to be registered or for it to be indexed to know that you got it. Why? Why? <laughs> so like I, I was setting this up on a Wednesday and, and then it was like, oh, it takes till tomorrow. Okay, cool. So I waited till Thursday and then Thursday, the event I had misdone the, I had miscreated the event or there was something wrong with it. And I was like, great, I have to wait another 24 hours to make sure that this is set up properly. So after a while, I realized that I can build my own, um, I can just build, like, I don't need their conversion events. I know they like them. And I, they, I think there's some claims in there that if Google ads is hooked up properly to Google analytics and you can measure your conversions, then it will do, it'll do better presentation of your ads, which I buy, but is basically impossible to set up. Like I still haven't been able to see it working. Um, so yay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a whole industry, people who make a living from, you know, doing AdWords and Google analytics on behalf of other people. Yeah. That's yeah. How I, complicated it is. <laughs> I can see why. Um, so anyway, got the, got the site set up, all the events are working. Everything was working with Google analytics. That's great. And then, uh, then I started to run some ads. So my plan was 
I have a couple of phrases that I know will take me to, there's kind of one to three main support articles around this problem. One of them's on the Apple forms, another one's on the Google forms. And it's people who are like, I have this specific problem, what do I do? And there's no resolution and there's a bunch of people who just are chiming in with like plus one, plus one, I don't know what's wrong, plus one. When, when will the fix, when, when can we expect a fix? And these have been going on for like two years. And every, every couple of weeks, like a new person pops in. So I'm like, okay, great. What I want is when someone Googles and finds that article, I want my ad to pop up. So my goal was I started going through AdWords and saying, okay, so because, yeah, so this is my first time running Google ads. Uh, I'm learning a lot, but it's also very interesting to try to understand how do you capture the right people? So for example, it's like Google said, or Google ads says, okay, well, tell us about a service or a company or something. Don't be too broad, but don't be too specific so that we can show you keywords to bid on. So I'm like, okay, well, like Google Drive and Finder, I guess. (laughs) I don't, OSX, Mac. So I punch that in and I'm scrolling through through the AdWords. So first of all, AdWords are hilarious because there's so many searches because it's showing you searches that have volume. Well, I guess it's showing you searches that it thinks have affinity with with the Venn diagram that you're creating by giving these keywords. So it's telling you things and like the stuff I'm getting back is hilarious. So, um, for example, if you put in Google Drive as your keyword, people are searching for things like book name, Google Drive or movie name, Google Drive. Really? So like I've got, I just saved a few examples cause they're so funny. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 Google Drive, uh, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban Google Drive. And then it just, I mean, this is the internet, right? So Google Drive nudes, uh, OnlyFans Google Drive, right? Like just people, it's like, what are we looking for here? So I thought that was very funny. Um, if you're listening to this and you think that's an opportunity, no one's bidding on those keywords. So uh, have at it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was, that was very interesting. So you're like, you know, you're trying to remove adult content, you're adding negative keywords to try to refine, refine. So I found a group of, uh, so I found a group that had reasonable search volume together. I mean, cause granted this is extremely niche. There's not a lot of search right. volume here. Um, so I said, cause they like this whole point is, is, is that it's an experiment. I'm trying to understand what a cost per click would be what a conversion rate would be and is, and does this resonate with the audience who sees it? Um, so, uh, first stumbling point that I run into is you can, you cannot put trademark trademark terms in your ad copy. Uh, Mac is copyrighted. (laughs) So yeah, which is like so bizarre because it's, well, I, I get it, but it's, I don't know how you, you have to be very creative because how do you, if Mac is core to your, to your business, it's ridiculous. your business function, how are you supposed to write an, an ad copy around it? Um, yeah. So I spent so much time writing ad copy because they, I under, it's pretty sophisticated what they have. I mean, not so, no, no big surprise there, um, but it'll be like write several fragments of headlines that can be combined and do the same thing with descriptions. And the idea is they're doing all the different combinations of things and presenting them in A-B tests to the users to say, this version of the ad gets clicked. That's the one we'll show. Um, but 
my product is so simple. Like it's so simple that I can't, like it's really difficult to come up with copy that isn't like exactly the same or like with like small words right. turned around. So anyway, so Google, like, uh, so I, I had Mac in a bunch of them and I managed to like maximize all of the scores that Google was telling me. So great. So I go to run the ads and it says, you can't do this because you have copyrighted stuff. So I said, man, forget it. So I just deleted everything that had Mac in it. All my scores just like went in the toilet and I was like, I don't care <laughs> because like you're only going to click on this ad if you have this problem. Right. So I'm just going to run with it and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was quite funny. And then, um, yeah, so, so the ads have been running for a while. Uh, I'll do a live update here in a second with you. But one of the things that I realized yesterday, I don't know why this didn't occur to me, but one of the things I realized when I was, when I was creating keyword batches was I wanted to say, I wanted to run an ad against like finder favorites disappearing or finder favorites disappear. And Google wouldn't let me do that. It was, it was saying something like, almost like it was offensive. It was like, oh, you like, we want to create a, I wish I like, I can't recall it because I didn't understand it. It was like, how does disappear come as offensive or incompatible with search results? I, I don't really understand. Um, wow. because what I realized was I'll know that my Google ads are configured properly. If I Google those key phrases that take me to those three help articles and my ad shows up, then I know that I've done the right thing and I haven't been able to do it. I have my ads running, but it's not, th those ads are not showing up on the same page as the, as those help articles. So already I can tell, okay, I'm doing something wrong but I'm not necessarily sure a, I know how to fix it. B that it'll even be worth my time to fix. Um, because my, uh, the, the search volume for all these things are so low. Right. So, uh, I'm going to continue to let it run, uh, and see what comes back. But you know, it, it's been a very interesting, um, it's been a very interesting experiment and just in terms of how much I've learned overall. Right. Yeah, but that's the best part, right? Yeah. It's, now you've, you've learned, you know, this new skill that mm -hmm. you can use for your next experiment. Exactly. So I'm just going to do a very quick refreshment of my campaign and I've had zero conversions, which is lovely. That's, that's great. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's crappy, but, but not unsurprising. Um, yeah. I mean, like it'd be great if I had gotten more clicks, but it, it's, it, it helps me to realize that, yeah, I'm not, I, my ads are not showing up against the correct audience. Now, granted, I know that uh, I already know that I already know that uh, that it's not working or not not working, but I already know that there's a mismatch between who's seeing the ads and who I think should be seeing the ads. Um, but so far, I've spent forty six dollars. I've gotten two hundred and sixty one impressions and twenty two clicks to my website. So what is that? That's a click through rate of uh, something percent. Yeah, click-through rate of 8.43%, but a conversion of zero. So I'm very interested to know who's clicking on this ad <laughs> because like... Right. And yeah. what does Google Analytics say? Like how long did they stay on that page? Um, Google Analytics says... Uh, I'm, I won't spend a lot of time... Yeah. Average engagement time uh, is five seconds. Oh, okay. Now... So Granted, bouncing back immediately. Yes, but the 
I don't know how to interpret that because the the landing page is so small. Like there's that the the text, the copy in my view is extremely succinct. So there's a, a very small paragraph of what the uh, uh, of what the copy is. So I don't know if maybe they're accidentally clicking and reading and being like what and then just going away, or if they saw the offer and said no, this isn't for me. It's yeah. I mean, I guess we can't know, right? That's the whole point of running experiments. Yeah, but I mean, that's it. Those are all hypotheses that you can test. Yeah. So you know, because yeah, if they're looking for an article that will you know help them you know explain the problem and a solution, then yeah, they're saying, oh, this is a product, not interested. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, could be. So I guess a way to test that could be I could try to build some content on another page and to be like, oh, buy now or fix it, man, fix it yourself. And see if they will click on the fix it yourself. I could even, <laughs> uh, I could even um, not write that article and have fix it yourself linked to a page that says like content coming soon, and see if people are clicking on that. And then leave your email to be notified when the article. Exactly. Say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's pretty fun. I, I feel like I've given myself permission to really not do stuff like like i'm thinking even now it's like oh am i gonna have to write that content no don't write the content you have no idea if anyone's gonna click on that uh don't don't write it just have the click like you could effectively have it 404 if you wanted to you just have to know that they clicked on it so have that be an event um but yeah testing yeah like a super quick test it's very it's no that's great no this is this is a perfect example of how to do a quick test on something Mm -hmm. like you have an idea and you want to find out are people searching for this and when they're finding it, like, are they interested in a product or do they just want a, a free solution? Exactly. Exactly. So man, I gotta, like, I, I've, uh, I am so proud of myself <laughs> yeah, for, should be. for doing this. Uh, it was, I had a lot of feelings last week and I was like, well, <laughs> nope, doesn't matter because this is the, like, again, working backwards, I knew exactly what I wanted a test to look like and being like, great, I just have to work backwards from this. And I, um, and I realized like, great, like, let's just cut as many corners as possible. Uh, just do it. And I'm, even though I haven't gotten a conversion yet, I feel amazing about like, first of all, I shipped something. Um, yeah. I wish I had kept a running total of how much I spent because I, I've spent almost nothing. Like I've, I've spent, I bought a domain. I should have even bought, <laughs> I should have bought a .co instead of a .com or use like a forget gotten a, a um, unicorn platform gave, gives a free XYZ domain. So <laughs> I should have just used more free shit because if it, if it, <laughs> if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I, I agree for, yeah, for an ad words experiment you don't need a domain name no like, right because they have no idea they, they see an ad they click on it they have no idea what the domain name is you you can actually display whatever you want yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i think maybe next time i or for my next adwords experiment i i won't even buy a domain i'll just uh i'll use a subdomain and, and roll with it um yeah so i yeah uh, i'm super proud of how it came out it'd be cool if i had gotten some conversions but um, I can play around with it and learn a little bit more, or I can just move on to the next thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, what's your what's your gut about AdWords as a channel? Like, do you think you could fine tune it some more and get more traffic? Yeah, I think I will say I don't think I've given it a fair shake 
because the people I the people I want to target, who well, I I, keep, I just keep thinking about those help articles, and that when I search for the keywords that lead me to those articles, I don't see my ad, and I think that like, well, there's a few things there. Like one, maybe it's just not possible, or maybe I don't have the skill to uh, to have that work. Maybe I need to talk to people or do more research, but that's all costing me more time. Uh, it's it's furthering the my investment in this bet. So I th- I still think that AdWords is the right go, um, or I, I still think that AdWords is a reasonable um, approach. I don't have something that tells me otherwise. Um, but AdWords, but you know, improving my skill at AdWords could be a very useful uh, investment. So maybe I spend a little yeah. bit more time to try to figure out, okay, how can I target this specific thing? Um, if it is even as possible, I'm not sure, but yeah, so jury's still out on whether or not it's the, it's the right, uh, distri- method of distri- distribution for this test, but don't know. Here's a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Like the article that people are searching, well, the, the article that shows up when people are searching for this problem, yeah. like, could you reach out to this person and say, Hey, I built a, a solution. Do you want, do you want to be an affiliate for it and display it? On your landing page, yeah. So the the two, so the main help articles. One is from Apple, uh, so I don't think oh. they're going to take my call. Um, and the other one is from uh, is Google, and I don't think they're going to take Google? my call either. What do you mean Google? Like a Google uh, group, Google Groups. Or oh, okay, group. Okay, yeah. Okay, so they're not really articles. They're no, they're just they're support forums, forums of people saying there's no solution. Yeah, or yeah, help. Oh God, plus one, whatever that kind of thing. Can you post on those forums and say you have a solution? Yeah, I can. I so I've been, uh, I'm. That's kind of where I'm drawing the line because I don't have a solution. I just have a, I I just have like a an idea of something. So I'm hesitant to to do it. I mean, I guess I could. What would it cost me? I guess like I don't know, reputation. But no, I guess it doesn't cost me anything. I I think at some point when I look at that, I think like that is. Um, I don't know. In my mind, it's like crossing a line almost. It's like, really? it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, calling somebody and cause it'd be one thing if I was messaging with someone one-on-one to be like, Oh, Hey, I've created, do is this still a problem for you? you know, would you buy a solution or something like that? Pay me right now. No, but you, you, you could be honest. Like, Hey, like, yeah, I've, I've my, you know, I've, I've built a solution for, for my wife is having this problem and I built a solution for her and it's working great. Like, would you be, you know, I'm thinking of building an app for it. Would you be interested in yeah. just the link to the app? Yeah, that's okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah. And just being really upfront and just saying, hey, it's not done yet. Um, yeah, exactly. But I know exactly what you're dealing with. Because what you want is you want to see right, like the fact that it's an app, like mm-hmm. they know they're going to have to pay for it and you're testing right away. Like, are people willing to pay to solve this problem? Yeah. Okay. You know what? You're right. Mark, you're right. Okay. So it sounds like, um, yeah, I should just post in those forums and let people know, Hey, this is what I'm planning on doing and putting a link there and seeing what happens. Yeah. And you know, and it's, it's, it's like, yeah, well, this problem sucks. But you know, my wife was complaining about it. I, I built, you know, an easy fix for her, but you know, I'm thinking of packaging it into a, a proper app that people could buy and use. Yeah. So they know that it's not ready yet, but you'll be able to see, are they willing to pay to fix this problem? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. I'll make some, uh, time to make some accounts. And 
<laughs> and uh, and run to these run into these forums and post. Yeah, I'm not sure why I was so hesitant to do that. It's almost like, oh, are they going to click on it if it's not done, or am I misleading them in some way? But no, I'm not. I mean, I think there's a way of writing it where oh yeah, you're not you're not. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's that unethical to like say, yeah, I I built a solution, and even though you didn't build it yet, mm. like you're. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. But to me, it's like I'm I'm not trying to to swindle them. Like mm. you're right. Like I am. I'm going to build a product that solves this problem. I just need to know if they'll pay for it. Yeah. You know, if there's a market for it, and I don't know. It's like it's like a win-win. It's like I'm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you want it fixed, you have to tell me that you want it. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, and it's just a, a way of communicating that without, because maybe saying, saying uh, it's not built. I'm thinking of building it, but I will only build it if people are willing to pay. Like maybe that message is too direct and the people won't like it, mm. but there might be a way to phrase it so that it's, it's in the same tone as that, that forum thread. Totally. It's you share the frustration, your wife shared the frustration, mm. you looked everywhere for a solution. There's really isn't any. Yeah. So I built a small I built a small script that fixed it for her, but it's really not polished, you know, so I need to package it into a proper app. Yeah. Agree. Okay, cool. That's that's what I'll do then. Cool. Um and I think yeah, I uh I'll probably I mean the uh, I'll probably I'll probably pause the ads then for a little bit because they're not really accomplishing what I want or they're not reaching the audience that I want. So if I start them again, it'll be with some different copy on the site and uh, with a renewed attempt at trying to show ads to the right people or to the right, um, to that same audience. So yeah, right. we'll, we'll see. So I've got some things I can try there. Yeah. I mean, it's also possible that AdWords is not the channel. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So yep. how much invest in that? Yeah. But if you think, oh yeah, there's a few few optimizations I haven't tried, yeah, go for it. Yeah, at this point, I'm pretty stuck. Like I've learned a bunch, but I don't. I would need to do some more reading. Like I'm at the reading phase where I need to like get some advice from people who are doing this already, um, or you know, I, I would even buy a book or something to try to learn a little bit more. But yeah, learning how to be able to conduct little experiments like this and reach the, or even just to know that you can't, like that's okay too. Um, but to just know that I'm not spinning my wheels on something that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I think that'll be my next step for this experiment. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, um, I've got some experiments, other experiments in the pipeline. I've been experimenting around render.com, looking at their support forum, that sort of thing. Um, that'll be something that maybe we talk about next time. Um, yeah, because, yeah, there's some... They run a, uh, they run one of those roadmap boards where you can say, oh, this is, this is a feature we're considering and people can upvote it and comment on it and stuff like that. Um, and there's some interesting stuff in that board that clearly renders not going to tackle anytime soon. It's just, it's just not in their roadmap or their immediate roadmap. And I've been thinking, oh, well, you know, I could probably solve, I could probably come up with a solution to kind of get you most of the way there. Um, but I need to message the people who have upvoted this thing in order to understand, mm -hmm. like, am I just building this because these people think it should exist or are they actually willing to pay for it? Right. Um, which is not straightforward uh, because it's, yeah, it's just an upvote. There's no comments. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, that support forum is like a funny watering hole. It's not the best because people are usually coming for help. 
not necessarily with like, this should exist and I'll pay for it. <laughs> Although there are, a, yeah. there are a couple of things that people have said, like if render had this feature or this is a blocking feature, I cannot switch from Heroku to render until this exists. And I've looked at some of those and been like, Ooh, is it possible? Like I can, can I build something like that? But like all my ideas are like crazy hacky. Like they, they kind of have to be implemented by render. Uh, but yeah, I've got some, I've got some ideas, but we'll keep that for a step. Um, Last thing I'll say is Unicorn Platform did something very interesting that uh, I thought might be interesting for Power Importer. When you sign up for Unicorn Platform, you get deals from other people in the space. So when I signed up for it, it was like, great, here are the deals that you have access to. One of them was a free XYZ domain. Another was a deal on some software or something like that. And it made me think about Power Importer kind of interesting if there was another i mean like webflow would be a great partner here but you know say it was say say it was um say it was jetboost actually um jetboost is like you have you're firing up this cms collection and uh you want to uh you're going to do all this filtering on your cms did you know that you can do dynamic uh, items in your CMS from Airtable with an affiliate link to Power Importer. Okay. Like the way that they did the affiliate, uh, the affiliation right, right. was really well done in my opinion. And it it kind of got me, it inspired me a little bit. So I wanted to tell you about it because I thought it was kind of yeah, a neat, yeah. uh, kind of a neat like business development thing. Right. Because you're, because you're almost, you're, you're giving them something, right? You're yeah. giving them like a, a rebate. Hey, like here, here's a deal. Like you, mm-hmm. And maybe they don't know about this third party. And at the same time, you're, you know, you're offering them more ways to improve their Webflow site. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. Yeah. Cause the same goes on the power importer side that like you've subscribed to power importer because you want to have dynamic stuff in your CMS. How are you sorting that stuff? How are you presenting it? Like, have you thought about using something like a components, like JetBoost components and, right. and having an affiliate link back that way? Yeah. I mean, JetBoost does have an affiliate program. But it's the uh, it's the offering a deal though that's always tricky, right? Mm. Like I had I had one one customer asking me if I had an affiliate program where I could offer like a coupon, like mm. offer a deal. So then we would just have to track that coupon code. Like if anyone uses that coupon code, then obviously right. they came from that affiliate. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm already giving you a percentage of the revenue. Now you want me to give the customer a rebate also like mm. <laughs> how much money is left for me right <laughs> like it's it wasn't clear like are you financing this this rebate or am i financing it right yeah i guess it would depend the on, the, yeah. on the structure Where we couldn't yeah we couldn't find a solution like yeah because I, I i think too it's one of those experiments where you don't necessarily know if the traffic coming from your referral source already knows about you or if they're like, oh, great, like power, I never heard of power important. This solves my problem perfectly. Then maybe you're like, well, actually, maybe, maybe this is a, maybe this is useful. Um, or maybe I can give a rebate for X months or something. I don't know. Um, and it becomes worth it because the, the their LTV is so high. Yeah. All right. It's, no, it's a good idea. Thanks. I'll think about it. Cool. So that's, that's all I have for this week. It was a lot, a lot of exciting stuff going on over here. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. All right. So uh, I will see you again in a couple weeks. Cool. All right. Catch you later. See ya.